0: Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm really excited to be talking to Carly Strife, who is one of the three co-founders of Bark. And if you haven't heard of Bark the company, you've probably heard of their best-known product, which is called Bark Box. It's a monthly subscription service that has been around for about six years and now has offices in New York City and in Columbus. I met Carly at Bark's Canal Street office, which is full of dogs, and the entire space is set up in such a way that the dogs were clearly a priority. Every desk has room for a crate to go underneath it, there are big baskets full of dog toys at every corner of the office. Pretty much, there are poop bags by the elevator and a dog treat dispenser by the elevator. And there are also all these different sort of like cubby-like areas where you can hang out with your dog. There's um, a uh, an area that's gated off where dogs could play off leash and They're planning on expanding their offices in the next few months. I believe they now have three floors and they're going to have five floors or something, plus a roof deck. So if you are a dog lover and you are looking for a job in New York city, this is the place to check out. So I was really excited to go there and have Carly give me a tour of the offices and I was eager to hear how they went about creating this especially dog-friendly workplace. In addition to wanting to talk about the space, I also wanted to talk to Carly about this kind of new sort of dog product she's created, which I would describe as dog products as human entertainment. Bark boxes often have a theme and all the toys and treats that are in the box will go around this theme so the my favorite one is the artist box that they had with treats called starry bites and a paint palette squeaky toy and the best part was the bob ross squirrel a squirrel uh, made to look like bob ross everything they make is really cute and kitschy and cool But I admit that I used to be sort of against it all, only because it seemed to me like all of their toys were being marketed so that they'd be fun for the humans as opposed to really enjoyable for the dog. But I eventually came around for two big reasons. One, I see that a lot of dogs really do love the stuff that comes in a bark box and even though your dog might be just as happy to have a tennis ball stuck inside of a sock at least the dog owner is being reminded to try new toys with the dog and try new treats with the dog on a regular basis the other reason why I've really come around is Well, I guess it's kind of the two reasons (laughs) overlap. But if the human's enjoying getting this box every month or if the human's enjoying going to the pet section of Target uh, and this is encouraging them to engage with their dog in a new, fun, pretty easy way, then I'm totally all for it. Like they have this whole line of toys that's called lights, camera, bark and they're designed to be they're designed to be used with your dog in photos so um there are things that you would pose in a photo with a dog like um there are like emoji hands uh there's a squeaky toy called totally grammable toast it's a slice of avocado toast and in the photo that goes with it on their site they show the dog eating it with a woman who's Uh, Sitting at brunch drinking her mimosa and another squeaky toy that makes it look like your dog is puking Rainbows and then little costumes that you can put on your dog like a shark fin or a unicorn horn and So you know at first I'm like seriously Really? Is this what the world needs? But then I think you know great I like that people are taking pictures of their dogs with their dogs toys In fact, I kind of like that rather than the dog being the accessory, the toy is becoming the accessory, and it's a toy that, in addition to being cute and fun for the human, is meant for the dog to enjoy. And I saw firsthand many of their office dogs enjoying their products. Carly, for those who uh, don't know about your background, can you talk a little bit about how you came to be
1: who you are at BarkBox? I know you sure. you were not always in the dog biz. I was not. Um, yeah, I went to school for engineering. So my first role out of college was in New York City. Um, I had never been... Uh, I never really spent any time in New York City until I until I started there, and it was this combination finance engineering role, and it was at a very big company, a very formal company. And I saw all my friends running around in jeans and getting all their fancy perks and snacks at work, and um, really wanted to figure out what the hell they were doing because I wanted to do that. Um, So I started. um, And were you were you always interested in entrepreneurship? I was. I think from a little, from when I was a little kid, I was always kind of selling, selling stuff to anyone who would buy it, and starting these little companies in my neighborhood. Um, but didn't really. That doesn't doesn't necessarily run in my family. I don't think anyone has necessarily started a business, but I think I always had that bug, um, and and actually took a few classes in college as well. Um, but the the number one thing I wanted. Um, um, when I was at Deloitte, it was just something a little bit more faster paced, something that I could grow into. So I started working nice and weekends with a couple startups, really understanding what that culture was all about. Um, and that's how I was introduced to the folks at Uber. Um, and I started as an operations manager to launch um, the New York uh, operation uh, back in 2011. Um, and yeah, I think just being in that very fast paced environment was really interesting for me. And um, at the time, I, I um, wasn't necessarily interested in the transportation industry, but I was really loving what I was doing and was thinking about what could I be doing that I would love even more. And uh, this opportunity came around to work with Matt and Henrik, who are my partners, um, and be their operational co-founder um, in a business for dogs, which is like a dream come true, because I never I never thought that that type of opportunity to, to build a business with my name on the door do what I like to do and do it for uh, something that I felt so strongly about, uh, I, I never thought that could happen.
0: How did they, when they first approached you and explained their idea, what did it what did it look like? What did they say?
1: I think we all, so I didn't immediately start working on it full time, I stayed at Uber for a little bit of time, um, and really we thought it would be this kind of like side project where we find really cool. Toy companies or local treat vendors. We would buy them and, and package them up in a box and then send them out to subscribers. And um, I don't think any of us realized the size of the opportunity at the time. So back then, we just thought it would be this kind of fun little side project, and uh, and it really took off um, specifically in the first um, the first like five or six months. Um. Now the fact that it had to do with dogs you didn't grow up with dogs right? I didn't I didn't get my first dog until college Um, and really the I didn't even know the impact that it would have on my life um, until I got Cooper um, 12 years ago now and tell us about Cooper he is a puggle he's an overweight puggle Uh, but he's very friendly and cuddly and hungry uh, and just gets along with everyone. I think when we go to the park, he would leave with anyone as long as they were like feeding him treats and like promised him dinner. Um, but he's very sweet and I think uh, I think I knew that I wanted like, I think I knew that I wanted more dogs and wanted to be more involved. Um, the kind of minute I got him. So I, I also rescued a dog, Roxy um, seven years ago now. Um, she's a pit bull and they get along really great. Um, but she was a little bit more of a hand. He was always pretty easy. And she was a bit more of a handful uh, around the house.
0: Did you ever foresee
1: structuring your work life
0: so that you could maximize your dog time?
1: Well, I think many people who work at Bark have done that because their dogs are in the office. We have a little area for them to run around. They get to um, take their dogs on walks during the day. And it's a good kind of like break from work and also, you know, necessary need. And I think they've really optimized being able to spend more time with their dog. Um, unfortunately my dogs don't come into the office cause I'm running in and out for meetings or, uh, or, doing different things. And they actually, now that they're a bit older, they kind of like to be on the couch. They have their dog walker every day and, um, I get to take them to the park in the morning and in the afternoon. So they've got a pretty, pretty good lifestyle, but it definitely forces me to slow down, leave work on time, um, not kind of burn the midnight oil in the office cause you know, I have, I have Basically, kids to get home to, um, and I like that, and I think they they appreciate that I don't work too late.
0: So having dogs has helped you structure your structure your work life to some extent. Totally, I did want to talk about um, how you've created a workplace that seems like, in addition to creating products for dogs, and I, I want to talk about sort of who the BarkBox customer is. Sure, but. On the other side, you've also created a workplace that's really catering to people who love dogs and want to spend time with their dogs. That seems like it's been secondary to the vision, but it certainly seems like it's an important part of it, right? Yeah,
1: I think... um... Like, can you for, able to, I, I just walked through uh, it. Sure. But how would you describe it? If, if somebody walked into your offices, how would you describe what it's like? Sure. Well, I would say that our office is a mess all the time because of probably because of the humans, not the dogs. It doesn't like, look too so. messy to me. <laughs> but it really is designed for dog people, really ambitious dog people, because we're building a really big business, but um, the dogs are our inspiration. So having them around, being able to have your dog with you, other dogs. Um, your your colleagues dogs or foster dogs who are in the office um, all of that just serves us to, to be able to create a better product for actual dogs and, and help us understand them better so um, I don't think it's just a kind of a nice office perk I really think it's an imperative for us to be creative and to be thoughtful and um, you know if a toy you make a toy and if it immediately a dog in the office isn't playing with it like we're not going to send that toy out Um so, yeah, it's more of a business imperative than just a nice office perk. But obviously, I think people really benefit from having the dogs. How did it affect building out your offices, space-wise? Did, so, did, did it, was it a consideration? And- totally. Um, so I think you saw we have um, like a little area in the back, in the, on this floor in particular, and in some other floors where you can have your dog off-leash um, at any hour of the day, just if they want to. If there's puppies and they want to wrestle back there, it's a little bit more secluded and, and um, out of the way for people to be able to do their work. Um, but we also have um, dog beds and toys and chews all around um, the actual workstations, so that when you are trying to kind of um, plug in and do work, your dog is also occupied um, in space under the desk for crates or beds or whatever, whatever you really want. So... Um, we can always do better, I think, um, and we just hired a VP of workplace um, workplace strategy and infrastructure who's going to be thoughtful when we build out our other floors and the roof deck of what what do we really um, need to cater to dogs and their people in the space. Hmm. Um, but there's dog bowls all over, you'll see, and treats, and treats by the elevator, and poop bags hung by the elevator, so um, we've done uh, quite a few things to just make it a nicer place for dogs. Have there been any problems that have come up? with dogs being here? I think there's always a challenge when there's a new dog in the mix and I think that's kind of same of any situation whether it's a dog park daycare or anything and um, but people around here are very kind of smart there's a few kind of dogs on the welcoming committee who will help get other dogs acclimated Um, but no I think if there have ever been any issues usually it's just a dog who's not right for the office environment and you know we're pretty honest with the staff, and the staff is very like they they are honest with themselves of like is this a situation that's going to work out or not? And um, those dogs who kind of don't do well in the office environment just stay home, and that's okay as well. So does that require some
0: judgment from the employee then, whether or not it's an okay situation for their dog?
1: Totally, um, and very often people are self aware of their dogs' kind of you know personalities, but um, in the in the handful of cases um where that awareness isn't there you know the dog just isn't getting better in the environment we'll kind of step in and say hey this is um this isn't right um and I think people really recognize one dog can mess it up for all the dogs and 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 don't want to be in that position so we've had pretty good I mean touch wood we haven't had many issues in the last six years that we've been in business how many dogs are here compared to people would you say it's like one-to-one ratio no i think we're probably probably four to one there's a just over a hundred people in the new york office today and um uh there's probably 25 to 30 dogs on any given day our columbus office is a different story everyone has one or two dogs there um, so that they're probably closer to like a two two to one human ratio uh, and their dogs are bigger and I think better than New York dogs just because they're a little bit more mellow and... Uh It seems to me that there are more and
0: more workplaces that are specifically catering to people who want to be able to bring their dogs to work. Is that something that you've found that you have people seeking work here for that?
1: I don't think we see people seeking it out for just because they want to bring their dog to work. But if they're the type of person who wants to bring their dog to work, they probably love dogs enough that they want to work in this type of business. Uh, but a lot of create a lot of um, creative companies and agencies and and things have have now have dog dogs in the workplace policies and um, New York is a little bit challenging with real estate to be able to allow dogs in buildings, but we've always had a really great relationship with our our landlord to be able to continue to do that. Has have,
0: the, have other businesses ever reached out to you for advice on how to cater to people who want to bring their dogs to work?
1: Totally. Um, and we've also been featured in a few articles just around, like, dogs in the workplace and what those, like, perks look like. Um, and, yeah, we're always very helpful. We're very pro-advocating um, for dogs in the workplace. Um, but it's not right for everyone. Like, I don't think a law firm is probably not the right place to have dogs. And, um Why? I don't know. I mean, we. I just get comfortable with the fact that they're messy all the time, and that, that there's hair everywhere, and pee and poop and things. And I think maybe, maybe in like a client or more professional environment, it doesn't work. But I don't know. Maybe some dogs work great in that. Is there anything surprising about having dogs in the workplace that people might
0: not know if they're not in a in a workplace with dogs?
1: They can get noisy, but so can people. Um, so I think maybe that's one is like if one dog starts starts barking, that can set off a chain reaction. But again, there are inspirations. so we laugh and it's it's funny for us when that happens. but I think the noise is something. I'm sure that is a challenge. Um, but no, there really haven't been many surprises. I think um, I think one of the great benefits is, you know every, two hours or so you have to go out and get some air and walk your dog around the block and that I think is good for people to kind of recharge and just you know get out of their seat I think people sit sit in their seat too often and don't get out enough and um there's these funny little like packs of people that have joined around dogs I mean obviously we all have dogs but um certain dogs that walk together but people that that of people who don't work together and it's just nice to like have that little social aspect to it as well do seat arrangements get determined by dog friendships? Desk arrangements? Uh, and the macro scale, they're more organized around businesses. Um, but certainly, if there's two dogs within a certain like functional team that don't get along, then they'll definitely be separated. Or they'll work out amongst themselves. What day is this dog coming in? What day, you know? Um, but most dogs here, uh, like I was mentioning before, are. Um, they're well-suited for the office environment, they're friendly, they're not kind of um, stirring stuff up amongst uh, the other dogs. What do you do about people with allergies? Don't hire them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people, yeah, most people with allergies, I don't know that we have anyone who has allergies. Wow, Mostly so it's never them. come up? No. We're missing a whole talent pool, I'm sure. Wow, um, that's interesting. But yeah, no. No issue. <laughs> it's not specified when you apply. No, I mean, we're not going to get rid. We're not going to get rid of the dog. So I think people just self-select. Um, and
0: and space-wise, you mentioned that you have the off-leash area which yeah. is sort of behind a fence, mm-hmm. which I saw. And it also looked like you had some little rooms with glass doors. Yeah. Is that also for people to be able to be with their dogs, or is there a, a different
1: purpose there? Um, I mean, those are mostly for small meetings and conferences, but certainly when you have your dog in there, they can kind of roam around. So uh, this floor, all the floors have conference rooms that most dogs go off-leash in, yeah. Um, tell me
0: about the BarkBox client, because I think that, Um, from my point of view, people talk about spoiling their dogs, but Mm -hmm. really a dog would be just as fine with a toy that looks like, you know, a blob as opposed to a toy that looks like Bob Ross the squirrel, which I love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it seems to me like you have a a client who is providing
1: for their dogs, but also X. Well, so we view our customer as the dog first. Um, so all the products, while hilarious to the humans, are, are like, very technically sound. We're very thoughtful about the stitching and the materials and the way that it's constructed. Um, but, yeah, secondary to that, the human, who's, who's actually pulling out their credit card for this every month, um, is someone who doesn't take things too seriously can laugh at the bob ross dog toy and the other the other items in the box and kind of understands and is excited by the narrative and how they can um create this story and experience with their dog every month that's kind of just like it's funny and it's not serious and it's uh we put so much like the amount of detail and thought we put into the products and the way that they look and um the writing on the information card that you get and uh it's just if you take the time to – most of our customers take the time to really, like, look through those details and really appreciate them. And that, I think, makes them feel more connected to us, more connected to their dog. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's about spoiling them with the best stuff we can possibly come up with. But it's also, like, um, an hour or two of entertainment that you didn't have before and that time spent with your dog that – isn't just spent on the sofa or at the park. It's just a different type of experience we're trying to create. That's interesting to think of it as entertainment, but I guess it is. I think so. It, it makes me laugh every month. Like I think I have wishful thinking that everyone laughs as hard as I do. But um, but you've really, I mean, you've created something that didn't exist before. N- not only just in
0: you know a monthly box, which is in and of itself a pretty new idea. Yeah. But. Just just the idea that you could get entertainment out of something that you're buying for your dog to mutually enjoy seems yeah. like it's... it's a gift for both of you. It's a gift for both of yeah. you. Um, and one thing I find as, as someone who works with both dogs and people, it's that, like you said, you have to think about the person as much as you're thinking about the dog because you want you want to make everybody happy, right? Yeah. It's it's about the relationship. It's not just about, you know, what... You, you don't want to be giving to your dog at your own expense, right?
1: Right. And you're going to have to be spending time doing what your dog is doing and where your dog is spending time. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that there are not enough opportunities to do that in today's world. Um, I also have found that
0: my perception of... Or even, mm-hmm. even the word spoiling, really like, spoiling I like, I don't think I do things... Kid, you,
1: this, you should just be doing this. This is just, like, right. Yeah, I think dogs, like, I mean, my dogs are certainly my children. We talk about them like they're our children now, and I think uh, it's less of a... It's less uncommon to hear some of the, like, kind of ridiculous things people do for their dogs now, and I think... Um, there are not very many companies who serve people who just want to, like, give them the best stuff. I think you're seeing it in food now. Like, the quality of food has gone up so much for dogs because people are starting to realize and recognize um, not just the trends that are happening in human food, but, like, um, what's going into, like, some of the foods that are available for dogs. And I think um, it's... You're not really able to say, well, they're just a dog now. Um, You're you're kind of... you. You're weighing the options of like, where do I want to spend my money? How can I make this dog's life better, happier, longer? Um, And and that that makes your life better, exactly. And I think that's where uh, I think toys and treats and some of the stuff we're doing is a little bit less. It's not food, and that it's not as required. But I think that like activity and engagement and time spent with your dog is still is so important that. I don't think people valued as much before. I think it was always kind of a me first, um, and I think kids obviously come first. And people people have realized that for a while, and I think people are starting to just put their dogs in that position where you know they come first. You know, we see a lot of people who don't want to cancel their subscription even if they're down on their luck because they don't want to take it away from their dog. It's it's important to them. It's important to the relationship that they have. So yeah, I think we. Because we feel this way about our own dogs, we really, really identify and can create products really authentically for people who also feel the same. And I think the biggest change from when we first started to now is we now realize there are so many more people than we we thought who who feel this way and treat their dogs this way. So yeah, dogs are number one. We're a venture-backed company, so a lot of investors, if they don't have a dog, they just don't get it. Um, But anyone with a dog is like, yeah, they're like a part of our family, the kids like, you know, require that the dog get treated as well as them. Um, so we we get some kind of pushback there, and then I think, I mean, maybe it's just anyone who doesn't. If you don't have a dog or know someone who has a dog that they're that they're obsessed with, um, you might not kind of understand why this is such a big big opportunity. Um, what's what's in the, on on the
0: horizon for BarkBox? You said you have two floors here on Canal Street. Is that right? Ah, uh, three. You have three,
1: three. Yeah, and you you're gonna get two more we're getting two more oh my goodness uh, yeah in the summertime um yeah we're still growing I think um our we just get excited because we don't think that there are enough companies who are focused on dogs who are just thinking about bringing happiness um and and joy and new experience um so we think that um there's a lot of just opportunity to to build more stuff for our existing customers and for new customers and um, like I was saying before, Bark Box is a little bit of a luxury to get toys and treats delivered every month, but, um, there are a whole host of other products that people need that, um, that we can deliver at different price points and, and more premium stuff, more kind of, uh, mass stuff. And, uh, I mean, we send stuff out to, uh, you know, several hundred thousand customers every month and like, it's a giant kind of test, not, te- we're not throwing stuff in that we're testing, but, um, it's like a research group every month that we get to talk to and interact with. Um, not many people get to interact with their customer every month, um, and we do. So it's definitely a place where we learn a lot about the products that we want to build and about the way that we communicate with our customers um, that I think fuels a lot of other things. But um, I think it's just the beginning. I think it's just one one product of many. Um, and the toys and the treats, um, you you now make all of
0: those in-house, is that right? Did they most of them. Be...
1: Yeah, we, work, we still work with several partners, um, but most of them, out of necessity and out of the fact that we now have the best direct information about what people really like and don't like, um, we've started to develop most of them on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have in-house toy designers, we have um, food developers, and uh, everything gets tested. Uh, so yeah, we, we've... Um, We've built those teams quite a bit over the last few years, out of necessity of just most toy companies. Like the Kong toy, doesn't doesn't change. It's been around for for several years. Um, we can't just put one of those in the box every month. Um, we have to create entertaining stuff every month. So yeah, we do it all ourselves. And uh, the products though are also sold outside of the boxes.
0: Is that right? At stores.
1: Um, or online? So the Bark Box products, um, are. You, you can also find them on BarkShop.com, which is our e-commerce site, um, but we have a relationship with Target um, to do toys and treats, um, but that stuff is all exclusive to Target. Currently. Oh, okay. Yeah. And aren't there other products as well? I mean, weren't
0: aren't you, you ha- I know you have your newsletter, but that's just tied into the Bark Box, but weren't you guys getting involved in that care or am i wrong about
1: um so we've had a few other businesses that we've had up and running that we've either shut down for you know what's happening in the world or what's the business doing or what do we what do we want to be working on what's authentic to us um so we had a media property called bark post which was like mm-hmm. a sales and advertising driven media site so we had a lot of unique visitors on there but um we didn't re- we saw the kind of world of sales and, and, um, advertising for this type of site kind of going away. So we decided to kind of pivot away from that. So we still have really, really like funny and entertaining and engaging content creators. And we still post a lot to our social platforms, but, um, the like media site or blog is no longer. Um, and we, we started a vet care business, basically Uber for vets. Um, it's a, Uh, it was probably one of our favorite products, just in terms of the service level. It's an in-home vet going and taking care of your dog. You don't have the stress of, you know, the waiting room, um, really high level of care. Uh, But again, it was a little bit inauthentic to us in that we're not vets. We can't really think about how we can make this experience better. We, obviously, the delivery of the experience we thought a lot about, but um, it just wasn't something that we felt comfortable scaling just because just we don't have the right experience for it. But okay, so I didn't know that, so that doesn't exist before. Yeah.
0: Wow. I thought I thought you guys succeeded at everything you did.
1: To no, <laughs> not everything. And some of it we just are very honest with ourselves of, like, is this something that we can see scaling into the size of a business that BarkBox is today? That's really interesting. Um, well, so we it's have to be pretty disciplined about it. You have to
0: weed out what's not working in order yeah. to focus on what's working. But right? it
1: also, like... Um, I think for us, because we are naturally entrepreneurs, the the three of us, is we want to do a lot of stuff. um, And we're very comfortable with the fact that it's not all going to work. So the way that we get to do a lot of stuff is to be really disciplined about when we stop doing stuff. Um, So we've, yeah, over the years, those are not the only two things that we've uh, sunsetted, if you will. Tell me about your failures. (laughs) Well, you just heard two of the bigger ones.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I think that's a really great lesson to any, any entrepreneur yeah. or artist or really anyone is to fail fast in a way yeah, and totally. use that information to inform what you're, what you're going to do. I mean, that doesn't yeah. have to do with dogs. It has to do with anything, with life. Yeah. Right. Um, can I tell you my idea for a business that I think you guys should get on? Sure. Do I have to pay for it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you make, can you make a dog Uber? Uh, we've tried so Uber or Lyft or Juno if you're out there listening. <laughs> um yeah, we've tried to work with them basically to have a button that is dog friendly cars. We created this like really amazing kit that has like a blanket so that you can have it over the seat and uh, smaller bags of treats and cleaning supplies and um couldn't get couldn't get an item to bite, but I agree. It's such a it's such a stress to order it and then have to call and ask if they're dog friendly and um, actually, they, they we got one company to pull all their drivers. Would they be willing to, for a small fee, take a dog? And many of them said yes. Yeah, so, and so why hap- not? It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, no, it has not happened yet. Um, but there's still hope. Well, it seems like if anyone's poised to
0: create this, it would be you.
1: Having well, I think had a creating
0: Uber and a foot here because I, I sure. know I see the need for it every day. I mean, both traveling with my own dog, but also for our clients coming to us. It's, yeah, it's a struggle.
1: Yeah, I think the yeah the thing that I have learned is that, and it's a little bit actually similar to the vet service where, I think if you can piggyback on something that people are already doing and already doing it really well, which I think Lyft and Uber and, and Juno really are, they've they figured out how to get the right amount of cars on the road and mm. and all that. If you can piggyback on what they're doing, um, by providing this extra layer of service, then, uh, I think we'll be able to provide it in more mass to people. So we're still working on it, but I get it. I feel that pain pretty often as well. Um, well, what's the most exciting new project then that's going on at at BarkBox that people can
0: can tune in for in
1: the sure so friday we're actually launching something that i'm really really excited about um it's a subscription box for um dental care so we've taken dental care which is really important for dog's health um it's called chompers club um so anyways really important for dog's health and really really costly if you don't kind of manage it on an ongoing basis or have kind of a habit around it um, so it's creating a really fun and engaging experience that's habit-driven around dental care for dogs, um, which I'm like, I think that will be a really, uh, will kind of flip the industry on its head. So I'm really excited about that this one. This is going to be a monthly box devoted to dental care? Yeah, it's a monthly box that... Um, that you would get in addition to your regular bark, bark box? So it's a sec- Yeah, it's a separate business. And what does it contain? Um, so... Um, Basically, a toy that is um, either a toy or a treat that is like engaging for the dog that you can like have this create this mechanical action, and then um, we've partnered with this uh, biosciences company that makes all natural enzymes that are in human toothpaste. That basically, if they're in your mouth and working, um, the these enzymes are just like breaking down plaque and tartar. So I think a lot of uh, a lot of the toothpaste you see for dogs today, doesn't actually have anything that would, uh, break down plaque or tartar. Um, they're just, they, they're just uh, a good flavor to allow your dog to stick the thing in their mouth so that you can create this brushing action. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is creating that on top of actually like breaking, breaking stuff down. So it's very like preventative health, um, new all natural, like technology, like enzyme technology, um, and just a, a cool, like, the delivery of it has these, like, kind of single-serve packets so that you can, like, remember to do it every day. And my mine is stuck on my fridge um, right now. It's very cute. Um, and I, I've started to do it every day. And I have three dogs, so I don't get them all every day. But it's definitely a habit that I wasn't in before, but I have experienced the, like, $1,500 trip to the vet to do the dental cleaning thing. So uh, what, yeah, this is I, a much better option. We talk a lot to our puppy clients
0: about getting getting in the habit of brushing your dog's teeth yeah. and I often say brush your dog's teeth with peanut butter if you need to at least right. just, at least you're getting in there and yeah. they're getting used to it yeah even if you're not using toothbrush but I didn't even know about the chemistry of the teeth, toothpaste that they do sell what you're saying it's, yeah doesn't count for much as far as no
1: it's and I'm sure that there are just very di- different iterations of it but it feels um I think part of it is it feels very um Some people really like when it feels vetty or like that it feels very like medical um and I think uh but but I don't think that stuff like creates a habit in a way that um we can if we're like really creating this experience so we're really excited about it um it's launching Friday um but it I'm sure it'll just be like BarkBox too where we learn every month when we send something and we'll make it better and better for for the customers and for um for dogs having the experience
0: Yay! I like okay. that. Anything else you wanted
1: to mention? Uh,
0: I noticed that you, or I think it was a more recent thing that you guys started, toys that are specifically for taking photos of your
1: dogs. Oh yeah, uh, lights, camera, bark! Yeah, so we've created a couple different product lines that are very um, targeted towards our type of dog parent. So um, a lot of people are very socially engaged, wanting to share it on Instagram. I think, uh, or have Instagram accounts for their dogs. So these products are just kind of like hilarious things that like most humans have. So like avocado toast or like um, uh, like champagne or uh, there's all, there's like a selfie stick, but it's an actual stick with an iPhone on it. <laughs> um, so yeah, all silly things like that. And um, we also, so really like, again, great products for the dogs, but also really taps into like what these, what their dog parents were thinking about and what's kind of in the zeitgeist of of the world and then we also have one called party animal which is all about um toys and products you would need to to throw your dog a birthday party which again it's just like a this phenomenon that's happening now um with people of not just celebrating their dog's birthday which is a really we find that is like one of our um that's when a lot of people buy bark boxes, but also um, like celebrating with others, like having an actual birthday party. Um, so there are a couple different product lines that really tap into what people are what people are now doing with their dogs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess it kind of comes down to if if
0: the way you love your dog makes you happy. Yeah, then, and and as long lean as into it. <laughs> yeah, lean into it as long as you're not hurting your dog.
1: Yeah, you know, cause, exactly.
0: Because sometimes I, I see pictures of dogs online where I'm like, that dog doesn't look comfortable, or that dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't advocate for anything like that. I think we'll probably never, like, sell clothes or, or anything, like, not oh, that not okay. the people that put clothes on their dogs are, are hurting them. But, um, yeah, we definitely, like, we like to celebrate dogs in their, like, natural environment and, um, you know, play styles are something we talk a lot about so really leaning into that more so than just what's going to be funny for for a human Um, we really the dog is the dog is our customer and we put them first the other actually maybe one other uh, product plug we we've recently launched something called super chewer which i'm sure as you know there are tons of dogs that love to to go really aggressive on their toys and rip things apart and but really enjoy it Probably so. We have a line of toys and a box subscription called Super Chewer, um, which is more durable, heavy-duty toys, different materials, and um, last much longer, and and are more enjoyable for the for the dogs that kind of like to go a little bit harder on their on their toys.
0: Um, Sounds. Sounds good.
1: Next needs to be,
0: like, dead animals that you can ship to the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give them like, the joy of actually
1: ripping apart a deer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure you've seen a lot of squirrels in our boxes, but now yeah. you've got to, like, make them, like, animatronic squirrels that <laughs> run away when the dog tries to go after them.
0: Uh, what are I love the Bob Ross squirrel, or like I said. Yeah.
1: Are there any other favorite cute things
0: that you've seen in the boxes?
1: Um, What did I just got? A pirate box, which I thought was really interesting. I had a a squirrel with a peg leg. Um, oh, the artist box was really fun. It was like Bob Bob Toss, Frida, the one, the um, what Frida that one person, Picasso. So it was like a squirrel with his ear bit off. I got that one. Um, no, I like them all. I think they're uh, they're very funny. They're a little bit left of center. We're definitely um, not like I mentioned before. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We're kind of here to. Here to make you giggle um, and make your dogs have a great time. So, I think all the products are are trying to do that in some way. So,
0: not afraid, not afraid of being irreverent.
1: No, yeah, not at all. Um, and I think that's part of what makes we're not we don't play it too safe. Um, and I think that's what, part of what makes us interesting for for the people who who get the box.
0: I asked Carly what advice she would give a young person looking to start a career that can involve
1: dogs. I think in entrepreneurship in general, I think just try. Try whatever you're excited about. Um, And uh, I think for us what's been good in building something for dogs is that um, we we're building stuff that we would give our own dogs or that we want to give our own dogs and, and, and only stuff that we would give our own dogs. So um, just being authentic, to your, if, especially if you're a customer of your own product, just be, create what you would really want um, and also listen to your customers because they'll tell you what they want as well. And maybe not to be a, afraid of planning your career around your dog. Yeah, no, it can happen. I think now more than ever it can happen.
0: I loved visiting the Bark offices and meeting Carly. I love seeing dogs at offices, and sometimes at School for the Dogs, we actually do desk-side training, giving people some ideas of how to make their dogs' work day better. If you go to the show notes which can be found at schoolforthedogs.com podcast. I wrote up eight tips for bringing your dog to work, eight things that you can think about training-wise. And I also put up some photos of uh, our School for the Dogs students with some of their favorite BarkBox toys. So make sure to go check those out. Our woof shout-out this week goes to Ginger, who's one of my best friends, dog friends and has many friends at school for the dogs her owner uh, Anna is one of our trainers and I wrote about ginger in the blog post that's in the show notes because it was really Ginger and Anna who showed me how hilarious the BarkBox toys really were. And I also appreciate that Ginger, who's one of the most sweet and sensitive and silliest dogs I know, uh, very generously lets Amos raid her toy basket pretty regularly. So thank you for your patience with Amos, Ginger. A big thank you to Alex Chris for producing this episode, and to Azalea Grace for her ukulele version of Dolly Parton 9 to 5. I'm a big Dolly fan. And our fun dog fact of the day Did you know that in World War I, in propaganda posters, the English bulldog represented England, the dachshund represented Germany, the French bulldog? represented France. The Russian wolfhound represented Russia in these posters. What breed represented America? The American Bull Terrier, aka the Pit Bull. This fact comes from the excellent book, The Pit Bull Placebo, The Media, Myths, and Politics of Canine Aggression by Karen DeLise. I will link to it in the show. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by telling your friends about it, leaving a review, or shopping in our online store. You can learn more about us and sign up to get lots of free training resources when you visit us online at schoolforthedogs.com.